Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. I may be a large person, but I enjoy a micro dose. Lumi's got these microdose gummies that deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel the right amount of good. Like for me, yeah, you've heard me talk about I take macro doses, but throughout the day lately, I've been trying to, you know, be a little more productive, get a little more stuff done, but still don't want a raw dog life. So I pop a couple of these Lumi micro doses. They really do taste and great and I get a little feeling out of them. I like that. Helps me get in the zone a little bit. Um, and like, you know, can, can let me focus in like the only like way that THC can let you focus, you know, like, well, maybe it's not exactly what you want to focus on in that moment, but you you feel the flow and boom, you get into it. So I, ha- I haven't tried the nighttime ones. My next ad, I'll try the nighttime ones and uh, let you know how those go. But I've been enjoying popping a, a couple of Lumis. Uh, everyone's tolerance is different. Like you could try one or two or three. Um, but if you need more information, obviously the website will have all of that. So, uh, you know, uh, check it out. It, it, the flavor is great. That I can tell you, say, like as for all the science behind it, you know, it seemed to work for me. So uh, let me know what you think. It's Microdose is available nationwide. So to learn more about microdosing THC, Go to microdose.com and use code MIGHTY to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the shows uh, in the show notes, but again, that's microdose.com, code MIGHTY, free shipping and 30% off your first order. Get after it. Trust me. Get a little microdose in your life. It, uh, it, it, it helps. It feels good. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, oh boy, the number one book boy, Johnny G, standing six foot two, two hundred and ninety nine pounds, probably over three hundred now because he just got back from a bachelor party. It's John Gabris. All you gotta do is trust me. Jackson, Maine, abortion is healthcare. Thank you. I agree. Also joining me in the High and Mighty Studios, my nearly signed host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. Arthur, not currently in here, currently hanging out with the wife. But when I went to look at him, I noticed my window to my office was open, my street level window. So I apologize for all this yelling, but also enough about me and my fucking window. How about a window into the heart of my next guest from the Lady to Lady podcast? It's Brandy Posey. Voila. <laughs> oh my God. For the listener, um, Gabrus makes. Full eye contact with you for that entire intro. Does not blink the entire time. Yeah. Luckily, I'm framing out my genitals because they are <laughs> rabid right now. That's exactly. a huge part of it for me. Man. Oh, you know, man. You know, it's funny. I performed at a, at a swingers club in Indianapolis a few weeks ago, and a man came up to me fully naked with a giant erect penis before the show because I was, I was headlining it, and I was looking through my joke notebook outside of the showroom, and he goes, not a fan of comedy? And I went, that's 
a much more complicated answer than I think you want to get into in this moment, sir. <laughs> but you can go watch the rest of the show and find out. Do, am I a fan of comedy? Comedy has brought me to this moment in my life. I don't know <laughs> how I feel and, about it. And if I'm a fan, does that kill your erection? <laughs> like, is that yeah, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Oh my God, it was ridiculous. Wait, I think I remember seeing this on social media. You were in a situation where you were doing stand up at what also was a swingers club. A swingers club in Indianapolis. I was very much a part of the beginning of several people's evenings. Uh, it was really fun. Um, do you get every- no? Do you get booked? No. Do you know that when you get booked at this venue, it's like, and it'll be a swinger party later on in the evening. So the vibes might be interesting. Yes. Uh, extremely horny. There was a woman getting fingered to the left of me on stage, and a man was getting a blowjob directly in front of me, like three rows back. Um, okay. And, I, and and that's their space, and that is what I knew I was signing up for something. I didn't really know what it was. I did not feel unsafe or creepy at any point. Um, there were a lot of song uh, signs about laundry all over the place. Yeah, that's the, the most important. The most important thing is like <laughs> uh, when you see wash your hands at a restaurant. I feel like maybe they double the signs at a swingers club of like wash well, your everything. They're real wild. Like my favorite one. Let me find it real quick. Okay, uh, and just so you can see it, it's uh, wait, where is it? It's on a piece of paper, like taped up on a wall. And it says always change the leopard blanket. Only change big blanket or sheet when wet. Squirters, please use the squirt pad. You know who you are. (laughs) 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 Just what? (laughs) Oh, man, I have a college degree. But yeah, don't forget to get your high and mighty squirt pad. Use promo code mighty. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's that's fucking awesome. Oh, man, of all the like weird venues I performed in, I've never gotten to see a dude getting domed during my set. That seems. Yeah, that seems appealing. And in a way. Where it seems cool on paper. And then, yes. like, I'm a little uh, frustrated if I'm performing and someone, and this uh, performing stand up, <laughs> let me be clear now. <laughs> I'm a little frustrated if I'm performing comedy and someone seems to be on their phone, no less like performing oh. <laughs> uh, fellatio. That might be yeah. like, hey, come on, lady, pay attention. Come on. <laughs> Well, it's it's a real moment of being like, I am not going to be more dynamic on stage than several of the things happening in this room. Yeah. But. We're all here to have a fun time, and I'm just a ringleader for half an hour. That's yeah. all I can be. I mean, I got up on the stage, and I went, oh, the stage is bouncy. Oh, this is not a performance. This is a performance <laughs> stage, but it's for knees. Not I for see standing. <laughs> yes, I see what's happened here. Okay, got it. Um, and then I made fun of their water bill quite a bit um, <laughs> and just had a great time. And I will say, naked guy, once he found out I wasn't into it, walked away immediately, which is better than a lot of men in clothes have been in my life. So yeah, uh, normally a dude asking you, uh, do you like comedy is terrifying enough. Add full frontal male nudity adds a whole nother layer. But then this guy adds a sheen of respectability to what is classically a not respectable interaction. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. He was like, all right, cool. We'll have a great night. I was like, all right, thank you. Walked away. I didn't have to clap at him or chase him off like a coyote or anything. It was great. You know, I sell bottoms in my merch too, pal, if you'd like a brandy posy pair of sweats or something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just for this venue, I'm also selling boxer shorts if anyone would like it. I actually, I have a bandana that is a merch item of mine that has a bunch of stuff from my act in it. And a woman in um, Humboldt County sent me a picture of her, like, turning it into just, like, a weird lingerie tank top after the show. And I was like, is that a picture of my dog on that thing, man? I don't – I was like, I don't – it made me sad. <laughs> don't don't show people doing you doing sexual things with their merch. No one wants that. <laughs> that's, super I don't. Fla- that's super flattering, though, because, like, y- you know, people are like, how is Brandy set? It's like, she's really funny. Also – I was able to be fully fingered in the crowd without, uh, you know, like I, I maintained focus. That's the kind yeah. of act she brings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a real like um, it had, had if you've ever been in front of like a, it had the feel of a really rowdy bar show where you're like, I can't I need to be so on my game that if I give them a moment, I will lose. I them. will lose. A, yeah. It's like being yes. a uh, teaching elementary school swimming lessons or something. Exactly. Like, you yes, cannot that. lose the leash. <laughs> yeah. You're fucked. <laughs> Yeah, the the same rules about leopard blankets apply in both situations, too. (laughs) Speaking of uh, leopard print, uh, 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 let's let's talk a little about the topic at hand. Now, I know you and amongst other people are ska fans. 
I have a very strong relationship uh, with Ska. Against Ska is okay. probably the right answer. Okay. Uh, I'll give you my back, and then we'll get into it more, but I'll just tell you my quick backstory. Listeners may already know. In junior high, which would put me in the early 90s, uh, mm-hmm. uh, all of my friends were into punk and ska. And I was not really into that music. And I had okay. like a sort of social revolt to it. And my direct uh, response was to listen to like Big Beat and Electronica. So I was like, okay. I got into Chemical Brothers and Prodigy and Orbital and Aphex Twin when all and DJ Shadow and all that, when all my friends got into uh, VG, uh, Voodoo Glow Skulls, um, uh-huh. uh, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, Less all than Jake, Less than the LTJ, Kishes. RBF, yep, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. all Ultimate those. Me first in the Gimme Gimmies. Uh, yeah. I mean, not, not all of it is technically ska, but in my head, that all got lumped together in a way. And so I'm, and these were, these, this was my group of friends. So I hung out with these guys every weekend, and this shit would be on all the time. And I looked a little like Dickie Barrett. So I got a lot yes. of, because I was like, stocky uh thick headed thick bodied dark hair didn't have a beard back then so i had like the fucking moon neck that uh Dick- mm-hmm. and and i dressed a little bit like that because i did dress like surf ad- uh, adjacent i mean i dressed the same as i do now in 1990 so you can imagine <laughs> what that looks like a little bit <laughs> yeah 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 totally how many plaid suits did you have at the time though that's the question with Dickie. zero unfortunately i didn't go that uh, hard formal wear damn. never really made it into my life <laughs> i like that you were friends with the alternative kids who were already doing the alternative to pop pop music which was so big at the time and then you were like no no i will now take it a step further I'll that's be what a contrarian <laughs> you are in your heart that you were like my contrarian friends no no <laughs> i will checkmate you see you one more <laughs> yeah, i didn't alt all the way around to like third eye blind i like went deeper into i also and now i'm still a fan of like synthy pop and mm-hmm. synth music and shit synth wave so i could see where that kind of came in and there was something like the cool movies and the nerdy uh topic movies were using uh electronica at the time so i kind of yeah. was like caught up in it that way a little bit but what's What's your Scott? What makes you want to talk Scott? What, what Scott? You got a clearly got a relationship with it. Okay, Scott kid, till I die. Honestly, to this day, still, I went to a Scott show like two fucking weeks ago. It is like I think that Scott is like a big reason that I am like the comedian, the person that I am now because like I'm from Maryland originally. So Scott shows were kind of to me the first live comedy performances I ever saw because a lot of these bands. They had like shtick, like uh, Less Than Jake had a whole tour where they did a big prices right wheel with all their old albums. They would like sing into the Bob Barker microphone and stuff and would be dressed <laughs> up in suits. Like it was sketch. It was it was comedy. Like um, Rubik Fish has a bunch of like bits written into their jokes. Like uh, the lead singer Rubik Fish cites Steve Martin as an influence uh, to him yeah. more than most musicians. And I think that they're just like a lot of ska musicians are kindred spirits. I was like a marching band kid who loved comedy and ska is kind of like right in the middle of that Venn diagram. And also like going to punk shows, uh, they felt too aggressive sometimes like to go into the pit or anything, but a ska show, it's all about community. So to me, it was just like, you go in, you skank, you get a skank pit that opens up, everyone dances. My favorite person at a ska show is the guy that like, he sees a shoe on the ground and then he spends the next 20 minutes of that show just holding that shoe in the air because he wants to make sure somebody gets their damn shoe back and that it's here's the thing Gabrus you don't like ska but you like Fast and Furious like they're both about family it's all the same well see here's (laughs) the thing Uh, much like a lot of stuff in life I enjoy the vibes around ska impeccably (laughs) but I just can't get down to the base uh like the base fandom of it is the actual that's how I know like like it's sort of like that moment when you're like this is maybe oh i find men's bodies attractive but God, mm-hmm. i can't fucking yeah put a dick in my mouth so it's like i i yes. I, I think i'm uh you know uh <laughs> what's it called scott curious i yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm uh although one of my f- new favorite bands this band called the midnight they have a sax mm-hmm. in there it's synth and sax and that's kind of Ooh, you know we're getting a little like closer that. with every step i, I like this I love the fight, like skanking over moshing, much bet, mm-hmm. much more interesting. The style of it all. Now, now, Brandy, here's where I throw you for a little bit of a loop. All that okay. being said, I did take in junior year of high school, so that would be ninety eight or ninety nine. Okay. I took uh, swing dancing lessons, 
and oh. wore a zoot suit to the prom with my senior <laughs> girlfriend who had taken those swing dancing lessons with me. And we got a circle around us. And uh, for whatever the uh, you and me and the bottle make three, mm-hmm. two, nine, we did mm-hmm. a full fucking routine for everyone to them. Oh, it was, come on, chain wallet. That's yep, beautiful. <laughs> I had a chain wallet, a fucking hat. Listeners of the pod, I may try to find this photo and, you know, uh, emoji out the poor woman's face that went with me, but I'll, sh- I'll show you. I'll show you what my fucking insane zoot suit as a sixteen-year-old boy looked like. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that ninety-eight a primo year for it. I mean, that was like the first the first concert I ever went to was in ninety-eight, and it was um, Real Big Fish, Zebrahead, and a band called Teen Heroes at the Nine Thirty Club in DC. And like Swing was having its moment. I mean, I've seen Cherry Pop and Daddies. I've seen Brian Setzer. I've seen. I mean, because that was also like it was. They were brothers in arms. Right. Uh, <laughs> it was like even swing was like for Scott kids, like that's my weird cousin. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Scott's like, and I'm already three other people's weird cousins. <laughs> that is my, like that is a cousin of a cousin. How weird those guys. Like I, that's like doing comedy and being like, yeah, we're outcasts. And then I choose improv and it's like, yeah, even comedians don't like improvisers. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep exactly. finding nichification into nichification until I'm like, oh, don't worry. I'm setting myself up to be bothered. <laughs> yeah, I only do short form, actually. That- <laughs> I've lost the respect of my remaining three peers when I revealed <laughs> I only do bowling shirt short form. <laughs> Bowling shirts. There we go. Right back oh. in. Yeah. Bowling shirts with a flame up the side, with a martini glass, with a Friday. What was it? What was the company? It was something 13. There we was had like red, big... red 26 was one that I remember oh. at the time. Um, lucky 13. Lucky 13. That was Lucky big... 13. Yeah. <laughs> this was like peak like, oh. And, and to me, Scott always sounded like again, I'm hearing it for the first time as a 13 year old boy, where mm-hmm. I'm barely like like anything, and yeah. and just the word gay is being used entirely mm-hmm. too much in my life, and it just felt like, oh, it's like nerdy band music. And now with hindsight, it's like if I I bet you I could have, if I gotten over that, I bet you I would have been really into the vibes of it all because yeah. it is fun. Uh, I like. The, I like the fashion that goes with it. I like mm-hmm. the uh, uh, the sort of aesthetics of it all are very enjoyable to me. Is, yeah. Is it still big now? Oh, yeah. It's actually still there's a there's a whole new fourth wave called New Tone. That is a kind of a big thing that's kind of come especially out of the pandemic. It's a much more international wave. What fourth was wave is here? What was Do you know the about wave? the waves? <laughs> yeah, what what was the wave we were referring to? The one that happened in the early nineties. The nineties mid- is the third wave. So the first wave of ska started in Jamaica, and that is like with your scottalites and everything. That's like the original, the origins, like the very early, early bands of everybody. And the second wave took place in the UK, and that's where you have the specials and madness, and that is kind of when people from Jamaica moved to the UK, and then it became this kind of like rock reggae mix. Um, which is also very much about racial unity. And like, that's where so much of like the, the black and white checkers uh, that are like the ska thing. It's yeah. actually like a symbol of racial unity. Like that's where mm. it came from, which is that's very fucking cool. awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's rad. So whenever you see those, that's people being like, mm, you know, it's either NASCAR, which is the opposite or. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the third wave came around in like the early nineties uh, with like, your no doubt, your big fish, all the bands we're talking about, which is like, that's the the wave that I was introduced to uh, when I came up because I'm like, I'm 39 now. So like yeah. 98. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, the third, that's third wave. And that's kind of, I have a theory that nine 11 killed the third wave. Um, but that, <laughs> that is just a personal theory of mine. <laughs> I, I, I contend to agree. I feel like the only, survivor of ska from 9-11 and it's not exactly ska but 9-11 happened ska died and only the only thing that rose from the ashes was guy fietti yes exactly exactly (laughs) he just like from a pile of burned dvds he just like arose (laughs) he's not necessarily ska but he carries a ska energy with him into absolutely into the world of diners drive-ins and dives (laughs) absolutely well and i do think that like ska energy is as important as ska music because i do think there are certain things that are ska that aren't necessarily just the music like i do consider like fast a ska franchise to me like it's very fun and it's you got know. a little bit, Ska always to me had like a little bit of like a 50s throwback around it of just like 
because of the hairstyles and the suits, mm-hmm. and it felt like, and a lot of it was like, bah, 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 you know, and it had like a little bit of like ragtimey. And so, yo, mm-hmm. I always like imagine, and so that makes sense to me is that mm-hmm. to, fo- to continue that mapping like that. It's got a, it's got like a classic sense mm-hmm. to it, even though when it was popping off in the 90s, it still, it felt old timey in the 90s in a, in a sort of designed way, in a, in a way that I didn't dislike. Yeah. Well, and I think it was just like, it's pure joy to be in a ska pit live. I mean, I remember the first time, like that first concert I ever went to, I remember them like, I'd never heard a band sound check before. And I felt like when they were like sound checking the bass drum for the headlining band, Ruby Fish, it was so loud that I was like, oh, my heart just came online. It's what it felt like. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, this is going to be so much fun. <laughs> and then it was just like a room full of people that just dancing, screaming lyrics. It's that like humanity coming together in like a weird kind of, you know, mind meld of just like fucking silly joy that I wish that we could emulate in comedy more. <laughs> I wish, yeah. but every time I'm at a comedy show, I'm just, I'm trying to get to that place is like what I'm trying to do for the audience. You know what I mean? <laughs> Finally, bring a little ska energy to the, uh, the mic night. Let's do it. Fuck. <laughs> I used to do, so it's funny. I used to be really good friends with the lead singer, Ruby Fish, and I used to run an open mic in LA. And every time he was home, he would come to my open mic and he would DJ between uh band between between uh open mic acts and he would just sit in the front and just like watch with me because he was such a huge comedy fan that's so fucking rad yeah oh yeah we're talking ag1 athletic greens something i do literally every day because i want better gut health and increased energy um, pills in the morning make me feel a little nauseous. So with AG1, I can get those nutrients popping immediately. And you know what I'm talking about specifically when I talk about that scoop. I'm talking about the scoop that is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality that give me major benefits like gut and mood support, boost in energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. I get AG1 delivered every month, so it's been super easy to make it a daily habit. I got single serving. Tra- I'm, I'm, packing up to go to a friend's house for an extended weekend. Um, and you know I have a few of my AG1 packs with me, uh, one for each morning. Put that in some ice-cold water, smash it down, and you're going to hear me say this countless times. It is good to just get that much water down in the morning. So if you make this part of your routine, you'll get some water down, you'll get your vitamins, 75 of them to be exact, and... It's an easy way to take supplements. So if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com mighty. That's A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-G-R-E-E-N-S dot com slash M-I-G-H-T-Y. Check it out. You said there's not a few better places that are more fun than like the ska pit. I will say one thing about ska. It seems as though the people performing it are having yes. a blast. It seems like on the, on the stage ska yes. seems like a good time. Cause mm-hmm. I remember when I, when I, I saw, you know, we talk about ska, we see a ska band perform live. It'd be like, there's already an abundance of people. And I'm, this is coming post grunge post, like mm-hmm. uh small uh, PNW bands, three people, four people, uh, you see Scott and it's like there's eight guys on stage and it's like what do those three guys do it's like that's the brass like what does that guy do it's like yeah. he dances mm-hmm. he, that guy yeah. skanks it's like wait he goes on tour with them and just stands on stage and dances and you're like yeah and you're like wait a minute is that cool and the yeah. answer is yes it is yeah. that's that man's <laughs> job his name is Ben Carr he is amazing and the reason that he uh got that job is because he was homies with all the Boston's but he was under 21 when they started playing clubs and they were like mm, Ben wants to come in Ben's in the band and then they were like he can't play an instrument so he would just dance on stage for their whole set so he was allowed to come to their shows <laughs> that's awesome and yeah. I mean that you know, like when you're at a show and you're like, is it cool to dance? If one person on stage is dancing, that's a fucking yes. that brings you alive. Yeah, it unlocks everybody. I mean, it's it's that's it's the best. It's the best feeling. Like, I remember like I like other kinds of music, too. Um, but <laughs> uh, for the uh, for the listeners. Yeah. Brandy was giving a thumbs down the whole time and kind of making like a PU face where she pitched Ugh. her nose. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but like Scar's the thing that when I go see it live, it like it raises raised the bar so much for other kinds of music. Like I'll go to like an indie show or something and I'm like, oh, we're all just standing. We're all too cool to experience joy and collective, you know, harmony. Great. Cool. Cool, everybody. Yeah. That's fun. Well, f- wait, funny you say this because I'm not big into house music or clubs in, or crowded spaces in general. But uh, that when people talk about the drop, you know, when the beat drops, yeah. that that energy, yeah, it just it has the wrong spin on it for me when it comes to that kind of club vibe. But that energy of like everyone's like, "Ready? You ready? Yeah. You ready?" Like that shit fucking works, and like. Uh, even if you don't like house music or even if you don't like Scott, it's mm-hmm. easy to get caught up in that moment when it's like, this is built. It's like, oh, I, uh, sports melodramas aren't for me. But yeah. I did cry during uh, the uh, this coach's speech. Like, it's just oh, built yeah. for some of these things are built to give you a biological human reaction. And like that ska yeah. build moment or the fucking uh, mm-hmm. beats about to drop moment or the fucking huge uh, headbang riff in... Uh, bohemian rhapsody whatever it it drives you to something it's just this like release that you get and it's interesting because i feel like it's like we like in our normal everyday lives it's like we're not allowed to like just have these like emotional valves often so so much of our culture is designed to give us these and i think especially like growing up as like a young kid who was like smart i mean i was like friends with people but i wasn't i wasn't like a popular kid but i was friends with kind of i kind of was like the one that was friends with a little bit of everybody but then like that going to a thing, I was like depressed because of, you know, I'm a comedian. It always was going to happen. But going to a ska show, it was like fucking dopamine hit like crazy that would get me through to like the next thing. You right. Know? Oh, and yeah. then also th- for the people who were this is we're talking a little pre-internet here. And yeah. for, uh, for people like us mm-hmm. going to a ska show, maybe you had two ska friends at your school. I don't want to speak to but like yeah, yeah. going to a ska show is when all of a sudden you're like. Mm-hmm. I'm meeting everyone in the D.C. Maryland area that is yeah. into ska right now, and then it's like there's something prom like yeah. obviously there's something acute of like holy mm-hmm. shit I'm around all these people. For me as a young hetero boy, when I yeah. would go to these concerts and there would be seen girls, like mm-hmm. I'm at uh, a little Ozma show on Long Island, and there's girls here with jeans, studded belts, and glasses on, and all of a sudden, yep. and other dorky guys, and funny guys, and guys wearing ironic t-shirts, mm-hmm. a- and I'm starting to feel like, oh shit, there is other people like me yeah. out there, and I there's am a straight outside. white male, yeah, yeah. so I, I, I'm already, uh, uh, there's already a lot of people like me, but I understand mm-hmm. finding like your subculture, and, and seeing that, and so mm-hmm. that that's the acute moment of like, oh, there are other people like me, I'm having fun with them, but then yeah. there's a sort of like, big world building moment or umbrella moment of like oh man things i like aren't necessarily weird i i yeah. could just like there are other people and then i think that's what the main positive of the mm-hmm. internet has been is like yes for every fucking proud boy that finds their crew and for every domestic terrorist that helps plants on there are dozens of uh yes. you know uh uh trans shot putters mm-hmm. that finally can hang yeah. out together uh you know not non non-binary snowboarders like any p- yes. build the niche and you can find a dozen of pe- people who can help you out with that or fit in that world online like that's like a thrilling thing about this world mm-hmm. that we're not all truly so alone or not truly so singular in like our and and it's freeing to hear that. And and maybe yeah. you don't get that in your small Long Island school or your small Maryland school. But then mm-hmm. when you go when you go to a ska show and you're like, holy shit, yeah. that that girl is the brandy of her high school, I bet. That's the fucking Gabrus from their school for sure. Like, and that exactly. feels good. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, and that makes you think that the world is bigger. And then like mm-hmm. as you expand your life, you're like chasing these interesting moments. And so there's like that community. I guess the whole word mm-hmm. I'm looking for here is community. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but it, but it's true though. And I mean, like for the for younger kids, like that might not realize how like profound and crazy it was to figure that out pre-internet because it was like going to shows. Because I also went to a, a super preppy high school. Like Abercrombie and Fitch was like a huge fucking deal there. Like the school I went to was like, I'm from a suburb of DC. So like, everyone's parents were spies like that just yeah. is like, truly <laughs> truly everyone's parents worked for the pentagon or the nsa it was crazy um and so i had so many just like buttoned up like you know preppy kids which is you know fine that's their thing but i 
just for whatever reason was never going to be that. And then going to these shows, it was like, oh, shit. Okay. You also have the same cherry dress from Hot Topic. Oh, my God. Okay, cool. This is awesome. And then, like, I went to college in Philly. And um, for Philly, I mean, truly, like, I spent all of my money, went to concerts because from you think every band would come through Philly on the way to New York. I could get to Baltimore, D.C., New York, Connecticut, fucking New Jersey. So my favorite bands would come to town and I'd see them like five nights in a row after classes or whatever oh, uh, within yeah. two hours. And then you would just travel with like kids that you met from other colleges and stuff. And then it's funny now because like I um, I perform at a lot of like punk punk festivals and stuff now with stand up. And there's like a couple, there's a guy in a band called Catbite that's a great ska band that I used to go to shows with in Philly. And like now we have performed in the same festivals as like people almost 40 years old and we were skanking together when we were 19. It's just <laughs> right. that's beautiful. So, that's so awesome. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> there, There is like a certain power in that and finding your like groove. And then mm -hmm. you go to college. So like I played D&D &D in junior high and high school. Uh, yeah. A little more. Uh, it was it wasn't as mainstream as it is now, which is a crazy phrase to say. Uh, yeah, it's and crazy. um, but like we couldn't find other people at our school to play. Like mm -hmm. it was there was also a tentativeness to even put yourself out there in that way. Of like, what if they? F we called it Dunkin' Donuts at school. We weren't that open about it. <laughs> but then yeah. we went to like a comic book shop, and these older kids were like, "Oh, you guys play?" We were looking at D and D books. They were like, "You play D and D?" And we're like, "Yeah." They're like. We have a game here on Friday nights. If you guys want to come back, we can make some care. And we went back and we played. And they were, I knew even then at like 14 that these guys mm -hmm. were fucking losers and weirdos. Yeah, and yeah. I, it was just, but it was still, I didn't enjoy my time with them. They were actually kind of uh, frustratingly into the rules of the game and trying mm -hmm. to like bust our balls. How, this is how you know someone, this is over, this is like 28 years ago. <laughs> a guy said to us, like, oh, we're playing with them. I'm like, oh, I want to buy a sword. He's like, well, what material do you want to be make the sword out of? 14. My friend goes, cast iron. We're like, yeah, I'll take a cast iron sword. And he's like, what about you? I'm like, I would like a bow and arrow. He's like, well, what material do you want? I'm like, balsa wood. And then like later on, the cast iron sword is too heavy to wield for my friend. And my balsa wood broke. He's like, shouldn't have made it out of balsa. I'm like, well, what did the guy sell at the fucking store? I'm 14. And I knew, yeah. and I got so mad. But- yeah. The week in between getting invited to do it and going to play, it was like a yeah. world had opened for us of like grownups play it. Other people play it. Yes. Outside of. And I feel like there's something there about almost mm -hmm. everything where you're like, yeah, just close your eyes and imagine a world that's slightly bigger than your current world is right now. Like I'm getting absolutely roasted for wearing my checkered vans and my mm -hmm. fucking uh, and everyone <laughs> hates me because I have my fucking voodoo glow skull shirt on. And it's like I'm going to get fucking wedgied at. But just imagine a slightly bigger world that invites in slightly more people and slightly more variation. And you're just outside of Chevy Chase or Belmore yeah. or wherever fucking weird small town you're from. And mm -hmm. that's something super exciting about that. And going totally. to a show is like one of those examples of where you're like, oh, like, oh, look at all yeah. this. Like, like my, especially, especially by the time you were going to college, mm -hmm. I, I, I think you're a couple years younger than me. By the time you're going to college, Ska's not that mainstream anymore. It's yeah. there's still people are still making a, a living. And yeah. that's when you find that it's even more of a powerful niche when it's not main, not currently mm -hmm. mainstream. Who's still doing it? That's when you find the real fucking, uh, the real yeah, ones. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's just really beautiful. And like, yeah, I just, I, it it just has always made me happy. It's also, I think, just like, it helped, it's helped me in comedy in a million different ways because I had such a big community that of like people that I'd been embraced and like loved and like was friends with and just had, was I, I knew that people liked me. So remember when I started stand up because we're just surrounded by people with personality disorders and people are just like assholes to you for the first six months. You're like, oh, well, I've got I have friends. So I'm like, I, I, I owe a lot of my self-esteem to ska music. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, know? dude, you just touched on something. When I first got uh, put on uh, when I got first got uh, put on a UCB team and became part of that world. I remember going backstage and thinking that every other comedian was like me the way yeah. like super cool. gregarious like off my yeah. like I'm like oh we're gonna be busting balls back here and I go back there and it's like oh uh, it's mm -hmm. a spectrum of how people and some people are uh, the on the the real spectrum yeah. and all yeah, of a sudden yeah. I'm like 
oh, this is not yeah. okay. And just yeah. like you're saying, I'm like, thank God my ego is indestructible because I would think all these people hate me. And- yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny because like I remember and, and it also it's really influenced me just as the way that I want to be as a performer because I remember first moving to L.A. I hadn't even started doing stand up yet, but I would just go stand in line for shows at the UCB or something. And I would see performers walk up and I'd be like, oh, my God, that's them. And But they were stone faced. Don't speak to me like the most unfriendly people walking into the theater but I was like, but all my favorite bands, they like hang out, they come out, they hang out, they meet everybody, they're friendly. And it, it always like was a, this is the way I want to be as a performer. I want to be open. I want to like, I always want to try to make a fan or a listener or anybody feel the way that I felt meeting people that meant something to me. And I'm like thankful that I have had positive experiences with that because I've had like really negative ones with like comedians I've met and shit and been like, ooh, <laughs> you're you're an asshole. I like, you know, <laughs> I've been a fan of yours for a while. And, okay, bye. <laughs> Ouch. Okay, turns yeah. out don't meet your heroes or even people you lightly look up to. <laughs> yeah, quick, exactly. Quick lesson learned. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that feeling of community and there's something about, mm-hmm. especially something that is got a little sort of- uh, People make fun of it a little bit, you know. Exact, yeah. Exactly. I'm trying to think of the right word. Like, it's a little like outside of the zeitgeist, a little mm-hmm. also, like- it's a bit punchliney to like, yeah. like I can imagine a modern comedy now being like the main characters, 48 year old guy who's trying to get married, but loves ska or some shit. It's like, yeah. so, and everyone's like, ah, oh, that's a, a fucking, con- yeah. Yeah. It's tight reference, dude. But like, yeah, yeah. if you stick by that, the people who've dealt with the slings and arrows of a dorky hobby, like the D and D heads, the con, mm-hmm. con- and, and the Scott, like the yeah. people who are on the other side of that have been through the fucking crucible and are fucking into it. Like well, it, it, you survived yes. it, you survived its popularity. You survived it going away, and you're still a mm-hmm. fan. That means the people who are left are fucking true believers. In yeah, a way. yeah. And they're people that are like confident in themselves because they're like, no, I know what I like, and I will not be swayed by the popular whatever the hell masses, you know. And also, it's like I was just talking with a, a friend of mine earlier. So like, I'm shooting, I'm shooting a comedy special in two weeks that's being directed by a friend of mine that is a. Uh, I met because he directed a documentary about ska that I'm in. And the only reason he found me is that I did Jackie, Jackie Cation's podcast and I mentioned ska music and he was a listener. So we've been <laughs> friends forever, but we're both like, we've always both been very DIY people because we just kind of came up like all my, all my friends had bands. Like it was just this, like, I didn't know. I've, I've been shocked in comedy. The number of people I've met that have been like, no, you, you do it for me. And that's just never been a part of my ethos. And it's just so fun because like that that was just like what I was raised in. And then people will be like, you get so much stuff done. And I'm like, yeah, I just do it. I've I've always done it myself. I don't I don't know how to I don't know how to just sit back and wait for somebody to to do it for me. <laughs> yeah. Well that that's something you learn like if you come up in this world of like yeah. uh writing and making your own sketch shows and like mm-hmm. uh building all your own props and shit. And then when you get to a certain level and then you're like working on something with someone and they're like Wait, what? And you're like, oh, you haven't done like a lot of the other. You've you've had yeah. like a support team do almost everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's like you know, being friends with people that like started ska bands in high school and college and shit. It was just like, yeah, we'll figure it out. And like, we're not necessarily if we make a living at it, cool. That's like that that it, the joy of it is the goal. Like, if you're already choosing a weird alternative thing, it's like obviously you want to make a good living at it. But like, you're you're, you're not aiming is... for wealth if you're yes. starting a ska band. Like, yeah. And if you exactly. are, you're you're going to hit a very depressing wall at some moment. Yes. Yeah. I uh, hate I, to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel bad telling comedy friends all the time. I'm like, when they're like, I want to start doing comedy. I'm like, I, I love that for you. Just pre- yeah. be prepared. Like, do you have a, a service job you like a lot yeah. right now? <laughs> like, do you have like a side hustle thing that you do that you can make money doing, ideally remotely? Um. <laughs> yeah, lock lock it in and hold on to it forever. You got a 20-hour-a-week yeah. gig helping a painter buy their supplies? Yes. Never get rid of it. Like, <laughs> keep it forever. No matter how famous you get, like, yeah. be fucking Jamie Foxx in Ray. You better hold on to your fucking, because who knows what's going away. I'd kill to still have one bartending shift a week right now. As the fuck Genuinely, work. the best the best advice I can give to young comics is like, I, I so I, my dad's a CPA. I learned how to be a bookkeeper when I was 10 years old from him. And I'm like low key a freelance bookkeeper with like 
I have like 15 or 20 clients that I can just do once a month. It's super easy, but that's like money that is like, regardless, it comes in. Right. It takes me like four days to do it a month. Super easy. Like get understanding how QuickBooks works is, would be, would change your life as like a young performer. Honestly, yes. <laughs> honestly, having any, anything like that where yeah. you don't have to, you can make a dollar without someone else giving the go ahead the yes or the no. That's yeah. the shit that drives me the most. The mm -hmm. most crazy about all this is like yeah. the yeses and you require so many people to agree that you're okay enough to make a little bit of money. And then when you start doing a podcast and make a little mm -hmm. money on your own and then you're like, I'm not waiting to hear back from anyone. I'm not like, uh, uh, I hope they ask me to do this show where I get paid yeah. $80. Like mm -hmm. you're just like, and so if it's bookkeeping, if it's yeah, uh, uh, it flipping chairs, making pottery, buying yeah. shit at the fucking flea market and painting it and selling it if it's if it's fucking organizing someone's closet especially if if you're a comedy person you're living in a major city you mm -hmm. can almost monetize any hobby you have if yeah. you push it hard enough like you're like yeah. i'm weirdly good at cracking people's backs you can yeah. probably make a survivor jobs just cracking celebrities backs <laughs> like yeah. oh absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah just like get a cape or something and you're good to go like people <laughs> right. will come to you <laughs> <laughs> and, which you could also wear to a ska show because people would love it <laughs> yes look there you go it's a it's a double duty cape it's pulling it the cape works baby the cape is we, uh, is versatile we used to have a guy in philly um and i never learned his real name but we called him scaldo because he came to every ska show dressed like where's waldo so you would just like <laughs> catch him at a certain point in the crowd there's like, there's scaldo. Scaldo. <laughs> yeah that's it was awesome. just like a just a fun bit for everybody i mean just like yeah, this was like my earliest my earliest comedy influences was just like silly, silly little things like that, which I loved. <laughs> oh, that's fucking great because that's not yeah. like a guy who's in interfering with anyone else's time either. It's not like, oh, dude, we ran into the fucking uh, water balloon yeah. prankster at the show. No, it's just a guy who dresses fucking goofy and lets yeah. you have a joke on his behest. Fucking yeah. dream come. What's the what's like the party scene at Scott? Like. You know, when you go to like a house show, people are, you know, candy flipping, doing this at, you know, uh, punk shows. People are getting wasted. Whatever. Like what's what's going on at a ska show? Like what's guaranteed to be happening? Like, I mean, a lot of weed, a lot of booze. I mean, yeah. I think Stan less. Pe yeah, you're standard. I mean, people are people are less wasted at a ska show than they are at like most like punk shows. But I mean, I think people are I mean, there's still people get I mean, Real Big Fish's biggest hit is a song called Beer. Uh, <laughs> you know so it's like yeah drinking is like definitely a big part of Scott culture and stuff too <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah because I'm like I'm always curious about like what like is everyone like dude and then oh it's a Scott show so you know you'll be able to find poppers or you know like yeah, whatever yeah. like there's always there's always there's some always there's always some shit going around I mean like it's interesting because there are a lot of Scott shows try to be all ages um, so that it's a little right. bit harder to find some stuff because a lot of people, especially now that's really sweet, is a lot of people have kids that they've now brought up through ska. So there's a whole younger generation of people, especially if you if you love like the Aquabats, like you if you grew up watching Yo Gabba Gabba, like the Aquabats, the Aquabats, if you go to an Aquabats live show, they have inflatable like pool toys they throw out in the audience for kids to do their very first crowd surf in which is really adorable. So you get five-year-olds in like little rafts to everyone's just like crowd surfing around the crowd together. It's just, it's Aquabats, joy. I, I, Aquabats, I remember being uh, in college. Uh, one of the guys, my college comedy group, believe it or not, one of the dudes in the short <laughs> form and it? sketch group in college was a big uh, <laughs> Aquabats fan. And oh yeah, dude. Also, you just triggered a memory that we, uh -huh. uh, at a Weezer concert at the Pepsi Airlines Arena in Albany, we gave like a non-consensual crowd surf to our dorky friend, Matt, who is just kind of like, <laughs> he was just kind of stand there. We're like, come on, Matt, you should crowd surf. He's like, I don't really want. And we just picked him up and kind of just put him on top. And he just got, got, we found him like an hour later and he had one shoe on. He's like, someone took oh. my shoe off. And we were like, whoops, sorry. <laughs> well, that, so that reminds me. So this is, this is like a very, this is a very ska story. And like why I love, a big reason I love it so much. So I went, I went to, I was a big Warped Tour kid and like ska bands were always at Warped Tour. Hell and, yeah. Um, yeah, and I remember Warp Tour also. Katy Perry has played Warp Tour. Green Day's played Warp Tour. I saw Katy Perry on the Ernie Ball stage of Warp Tour for a hundred people before anybody knew who the fuck she was. <laughs> Whoa, that's <laughs> she awesome. She was like, she was like a pop punk person before she 
when I kissed a girl blew up, then they took her in a pop direction because they were like, oh, there's real money here. But pre pre that she was, you know, on the pop punk track, basically, which was interesting. Oh, that's cool. I had no idea. Yeah. If there's mm-hmm. a if there's music I like less than Scott, it's pop punk for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm not I'm not as big of a fan as that as right. I mean Scott is my is my is my heart. I but, feel like pop punk is one of the ones yeah. that uh you know, Scott, a lot of people outgrew, but there mm-hmm. a lot of people uh, a, a, a strong handful stayed yes. along. Uh-huh. Uh, I think pop punk has less of uh, aged yes. aging fans. Like I well, think because Scott, Scott, there aren't there isn't the singer, the singer, and Scott. Like Scott doesn't have that guy. Right, the way that yeah. pop punk has that nasally voice, but it's just oof, rough. That um, ruined it for all of us. Yeah. yeah, but I remember being at a warp tour where Green Day played, and me and my friend Beth went. And my friend Beth went into. She loved Green Day so much. She'd bought a backpack full of all of Green Day's merch, and she went into the pit. And it was like a bro pit and it was bad. And she like her backpack got ripped off. I we didn't have phones as pre cell phone. We like I couldn't find her. Like I just saw her disappear. And it was like, oh, no. And then I found her three hours later on the side of the stage at the Boston show, because what had happened is she ran off out of the Green Day pit, was crying next to Porta Potty. Dickie Barrett saw her and was like, what happened? And then she told him, and he was like, well, I can't get you any Green Day merch, but if you want to come, I, we have water at our merch booth. And he brought over the merch booth, and he gave her one of everything from their merch stuff. He's like, Aww. I know it's not Green Day stuff, but here's <laughs> here's our stuff. And then he put her on the side of the stage to watch them so she could be safe, but like still have a fun experience. Oh, and then like yeah. she was like, hi! And I, and she, and I mean, that's like, that's, that's, that's everything to me. That's that, everything. Uh, she, uh, MMB fan for life at that point. Oh, yeah, 100% you gotta be. for life. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like, a, yeah, Dickie Barrett descending from the masses just to be like, hey, let me help you. <laughs> Good dude. That, oh, man, that's, that's, I had no idea about Katy Perry. I saw, mm-hmm. I didn't go to Warp Tour, that my friends went to Warp Tour like all the time, but I went to like Lollapalooza in oh. 95 or 96, and it was oh, Metallica shit. and Wu-Tang and Soundgarden. Yeah, yeah. It was a, Fucking, but Ben Folds was on the side stage. Like I remember, because like Whoa. it's just one small name stuck with me. I'm like, that's a fun name, Ben Folds. And then it was like, like two <laughs> years later, he was blowing up, and I was like, oh, that's the guy. For-. And then my buddy and I were like, oh, we should have saw him. Then we would have been cool. Now and it's like we wouldn't have fucking remembered anything, and, and also wouldn't have become fans of his like in yeah. that show, anyways. But doesn't matter. Totally, totally, man. But yeah, like I consider like like bands that are not ska that I think have ska hearts. Um, I think like Guar falls into that category. Um, like Andrew WK, Flogging Molly, these bands. I think I was gonna, all throw, have, I was gonna yes. throw one out uh, mm-hmm. or earlier, and I'll throw yeah. it out now. Flaming Lips. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, solely because of the scope of their show. Mm-hmm. Like when I the, I've seen the Flaming Lips like uh, five or six times. Every time, a lot of bodies on stage. Uh, yes. The one of the last shows I saw them had like, and this was pre the Marvel Cinematic Universe blowing yeah. up. They had like a Thor, a Spider Man, an Iron Man, and I think a, a topless woman, if I remember, yep, or a, either a, to- a topless woman or a busty woman. I just was the age yeah, yeah. that that's burned into my head forever. Of course, <laughs> that a woman was dancing <laughs> with like a Thor uh, helmet on or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Fucking Wayne Coyne got in one of those Zorbs and went out on the crowd. Everyone in the crowd got laser pointers. There was like all this kind of like gag stuff that was going Mm -hmm. on around there, which kind of added a a, a nice element to it. So absolutely. Guar is a fucking good call. Also, I always Mm. thought it'd be funny to go to a uh, like a show that isn't a Guar show, but stand in the crowd in like full Guar gear. (laughs) (laughs) Just like (laughs) I'm just hanging out at the fucking less than Jake show with like a fucking giant pig head and semen cannon or something. (laughs) Oh, my God. There is a guy I've I've been to fest in Gainesville several times, which is the punk ska festival in Gainesville that happens on Halloween weekend every year. And there is a ska furry that shows up in the pit. This guy, full fox in a in a in a plaid suit over his furry costume, skanks in the pit the entire time, and you're like, man, that costume has got to reek. <laughs> uh, there, there you go. Remember, you're always like, there's a la- another layer of nerdy nerddom inside of it. It's like I'm into ska, and yeah. so is my fursona. And you're like, yeah, okay, exactly. let her rip, cool, brother. <laughs> Get out there, man. It's fine. He, he calls himself the Skocks, S K A X. Okay, throw it up. Hey, what are you a professional comic or something? Crazy. Trying, yeah, more of a fucking jingle writer at this point in my life. Uh, <laughs> Scott, I like the idea of bringing Scott energy. How can we bring 
ska energy into our lives into like a, on a day-to-day basis what can besides i like the power of positivity that's kind yeah. of behind ska and mm-hmm. and i give them even more credit Scott them Scott, the music I give them ska music even more credit to Pierce with positivity in the fucking nineties. Oh, one hundred percent. When positivity well, and, was not the thing back yes. then. Well, and like I think it's also like it's not even just like it's not toxic positivity because a lot of lyrics are very like. Lesson Jake has so many songs about just like growing up in a small town and like the angst of wanting to get the fuck out and like yeah, being yeah. on a road. Like Real Big Fish has so many songs about just wanting to feel like you matter in life. It's like so there's there's a lot of like angst in their lyrics too, but with that positive music, it was this just like, oh, these lyrics are like speaking to me, but I'm like dancing with joy while I'm processing these emotions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, frankly, everyone should start their day with like three or four ska songs and like a playlist. Like it will just it's it's a cup of coffee for your heart. <laughs> well, in all honesty. If, if we all started our day with 20 minutes of dancing, music, uh, up, uh, uh, music on shuffle, choose and mm-hmm. whatever works for you. If you started every day with 20 minutes of dancing, I bet you there'd be some proven track record of like, A, the physical movement first thing in the morning is going to mm-hmm. help get the get the engine going. The pot, the vibes of getting music uh, in your brain early on, like yeah. something to think about, something to think about. 100%. <laughs> We talked here. I'll combine everything we've talked about into one uh, uh, offer of advice. Okay. We've talked, find a side hustle. Guys, sign up for Brandy's morning Zoom where she plays a half hour of ska and you, everyone dances. She ska DJs for everyone. And then you just go about your day from there. There's, there you go. We can even. I love that. <laughs> Emma, we could take this out if Brandy, you want to do that real. Imagine. Shit. That's the kind of shit. It's like, well, my friend, I do my friend Brandy's Zoom in the morning. It's weird, but I it really helps me every morning, and it's yeah. only ten bucks on Venmo or whatever, you know. Like you end up, <laughs> get, there's the fucking side hustle leading the fucking morning yeah. scoffermations. Oh Ooh, shit! <laughs> shit! Morning scoffermations. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, well, consider listeners. Uh, if you are interested, let tweet me know. at her. Yeah, tweet uh, yeah. at Brandy if that's something you're appealed to. I, I, and I consider myself tweeting at you as well. Hell yeah, <laughs> perfect. I'll, do, I'll totally do that. I love starting my day off with that kind of shit because I'll, I'll, I'll find myself. I'll, I'll listen to too many podcasts and then I'll be like, why am I depressed? And I'm like, oh, because you haven't listened to music, dummy. Especially <laughs> if you're anything like me, where all the podcasts you're listening to are about like the uh, slow, unending cr- uh, approach of fascism or like, yes. you know, I'm all constantly listening to like QAA, Chapo and like all these podcasts uh-huh. where I'm like, True okay, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, getting, a, I'm yeah. getting a little stressed about society. And then yep. you just put on like a beautiful fucking synth song while you drive to the gym and you're like, ooh, yeah, let me get out of... <laughs> There was a period of time. Myself, (laughs) just like two months ago, I listened to every single of the Hannibal, all the Thomas Harris uh, uh, Hannibal novels. I listened to them all on audiobook, and I was like, (laughs) "Man, fucking!" And the and it was like raining for like two months, and I was like, "I'm super depressed." And I was like, "Oh, I need like to, I need to put some positive gas in this tank. All I've put in is fucking snails, tails, and puppy dog trails, or whatever the fucking expression (laughs) is." No, totally. Yeah, all I'm saying is like, look, if we could just like drop some ska on Ukraine. I think that might <laughs> help a lot. <laughs> There's actually, actually, I say that there is a really great Russian ska band that just broke up called Ruska Ska. Um, great name. Really, you're really, they're really, really fun, but their whole aesthetic was like Soviet Cold War. They're satiring it completely. But I feel so bad because they did this American tour literally the week after the war in Ukraine started. And they, I saw them open for um, Floggy Molly at the Palladium on St. Patrick's Day of last year. And they they had put peace signs on all of their mic stands and were waving them around just to be like, we we can't go to Russia because we're we're anti war. We can't we can't go. <laughs> like, home. We're with you guys. We're not we're, those kind of Russians. Relax. Yeah. I know. I was like walking past their merch table and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, guys. Nobody's buying any of this right now. <laughs> but they were their stuff is so fun and they're they're a complete blast. Ruskaska. It's just fun to say. That's a fucking great. That's a great name there. Oh man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, Brandy, thank you for. Uh, oh, let's before we go. Yeah. If. A listener of this podcast has not really heard of ska or uh, not really. uh, What would you give them or uh, what song or band would you say? Like, you know, you're you're my manic pixie ska girl right now. And you're you're going to put headphones on me and be like, I think you'll like this. You know, 
Okay, man. Okay, this is sorry to put you fully on the spot. This is so difficult. Um, so I'm I'm gonna pick. I here's the thing. I also made a ska playlist for Jackie Cation before I did her podcast. So if you guys want my Spotify list, hit me up. Yes, Um, yes. The couple new bands that I want to plug more than anything because I think that like the new the new generation is also really cool because there's like. Lots of like queer people, like women front people and like people of color that like it's a much more it's more um, diverse than it's ever been now. And that's made the scene so much better. And it's really cool. Um, There's a band called Cat Bite out of Philadelphia. That's amazing. There's a band called Kill Lincoln um, that is out of D.C. And they're really great. And then there is um, uh, We Are the Union, which is fronted by an amazing trans gal out of uh, California, Southern California here. They're all on a label called Bad Time Records. Um, which it was started because the guy, one of the guys in Kill Lincoln was told by every major label, it's bad time for Ska. And he said, okay, well, <laughs> I'll just go start my own label. And now there's all these bands are on it together and they each promote each other. And there is just this like, they're like all these like leftist Ska bands that are just like believe in solidarity and lifting each other up. And they, they're just a fucking blast. They're out on tour. There's a band called Omnigon out of, um, Berkeley, that's really great. That's part of it too. And like they, all, all of those bands, make a mix, p- download all their albums, throw them on a, on a fucking shuffle, have a blast with them. That's the new stuff coming out. And that's um, the fourth wave. Yeah, that's the fourth wave. That and they're calling it the new tone is what, is what they're calling it, which I love. Is it N U tone or N E W tone? N E W. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah, there's no umlauts involved. Don't worry. <laughs> it's smart. Uh, yeah. That's so rad. And what about yourself? Do you have anything to plug your enough plugging ska bands? Tell yeah. me what Brandy Posey's up to these days. <laughs> um, well, you can find me every week on Lady to Lady, which is my podcast I do with Babs Gray and Tess Barker. Gabrus has been on the show before. We have lovely show. You, you're actually time. in very, um, uh, very elite company. We don't have a lot of guys on. So when it's we like do, me and French Stewart, the last time I checked yeah. was like when basically. I came. Out, yeah. <laughs> basically. <laughs> I remember that stat because when I did your, when I came over and did it, you guys were like, "We don't really have a lot of guys on." The last one I think was French Stewart. I'm like, "That's very interesting company of <laughs> the two men uh, that I heard of at the time, me and French." Interesting, <laughs> yeah, great, great show. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Babs has been on, and Tess will be on High and Mighty as well. So we're getting the whole, all it's the late, we're getting the lady to lady to high to mighty uh, pipeline going here. Yes, you love to see it. Yeah, and follow me on all the social media shit for when I post on my other dates. If you use bands in town, I post my dates on there. I wish more people use that. It's a great way outside of the algorithm to like learn about when your favorite bands and comedians are coming to town. Rather than <laughs> just adding them and saying, when are you doing Cincinnati? And you're like, I just left eight days ago. I can't go back for a while. Yeah, <laughs> I just had a guy yes, literally yesterday. I was in Austin all this weekend and I had a guy yesterday that was like, oh, I missed you in Austin. I was like, I am at your airport. You're just, you okay. got a woman in your mentions. Hey, when yeah. can I get fingered at one of your shows? And it's like, are you serious? We just Come did on. this. Come on. Change the leopard blanket, would you? You know who you are. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, Brandy. I appreciate yeah. this big time. Always fun to catch up. Um, Me too. And if you're in LA and see a show called Picture This, that's running. Uh, Brandy hosts that, and that's a fucking good time as well. Yeah, uh, that's my that's sweet a, baby. That's a <laughs> fun that one show. to do, and a fun one to watch, and an even more fun one to do. Rarely are shows like that. Aww, thank uh, you. So thank you. <laughs> Um, as for me, I got the podcast Action Boys and 101 Places to Party Before You Die still on HBO Max, or at least I should say for now still on HBO Max, depending on if Zaslav wants to relieve himself of any tax burdens that our stupid little travel show is causing him. Don't, please. We need 93 more episodes. Bye, shitheads. That was a headgum podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. It's actually, it's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. (laughs) No. 
Somewhere. Somehow. Someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to like see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Oh, there's a fantasy component. Yeah. There's some yeah. sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam. 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 There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. What? I don't hate them, but I pity the room. Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now. <laughs>